Episode 224, Goodbye to Cornucopia. This is the Ericast for the week of June 23, 2013. From Ericast.com. Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Well, thanks for listening to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, listener feedback line. Conveniently spelling out 206-339-ERIC-E-R-I-C. We are closing in on listener feedback week, so uh, get your comments in under the wire, because uh, we're still doing that last week of the month, I think, is going to be the tradition we're keeping up with. Uh, this week, if it sounds a little bit different, I'm doing the record the podcast in the car, because for whatever reason, I'm just not getting the time at home to actually like get the podcast recorded. So what I decided to do was sort of camp out in the parking garage here. I just pulled into work thinking, oh, I can take a couple minutes and do that. Now, you might be thinking, wow, that is an awfully casual way of approaching the podcast. But if you've been listening for the past month or so, you'll remember that we are branding the Ericast as a personal podcast because you're either interested in something that I'm talking about and want to learn more about it and me, or you're just interested in me and what it is that I've got on my mind. And this episode... Well, I was going to say maybe it leans more toward the me thing, but it might be a mix because we are going to talk about my return to Cornucopia, Wisconsin, and the fact that it might possibly be my last. So if I were really good, I'd say, you know, more on that after this. And then we put in a big, you know, sponsor commercial or something. To, you know, well, cliffhanger, but you know, we don't really have sponsors here on the Aircast. So... So here's here's where we're at. We did our annual Duluth trip, fourth annual. So far, I think this is going to be a tradition. The girls loved it, stayed up on the uh, the Inn on Lake Superior is the name of the hotel at Canal Park in Duluth. Uh, Duluth, if you're not here from Minnesota, is one of those uh, kind of shipping port. So it's got a really cool lift bridge for people to get out onto a, a, a peninsula. Um, so you can watch the lift bridge go up and the big ocean-going cargo vessels and ore boats and things come and go. Super cool. Last year, we went up the north shore of Lake Superior, which is on the, the north side. That's where the north shore is, just so you know. Um, got aiming toward Canada, but stopped well short. Um, and there are some some fairly famous landmarky type things up there, like the Split Rock Lighthouse and stuff. Well, this year we decided to go across the South Shore, which is where I spent my formative teen years. Now, I have not been back to the South Shore since I think, I think the first Duluth trip. So it's been four years? At least three. I think four, probably. Um, and prior to that, it had been a few years before that, basically every you know half decade or so, whether we read it whether we need it or not, we, we go back and check it out. And the the south shore of Lake Superior uh, is where you will find Bayfield and the Apostle Islands, sort of sort of commonly known. But before you get to Bayfield and the Apostle Islands, there are three little towns that uh, that, that dot the shore. Um, so heading. East of Superior, first you hit Port Wing, and then Herbster, and then Cornucopia. Cornucopia is Wisconsin's northernmost village. There is land north of it, um, but in terms of an actual village, um, that's that's it. Uh, zip code 54827, Wisconsin's northernmost post office. So what we did on, on our 
um, our first full day of our Duluth trip, we came across, uh, and this is just kind of a useful local tip. Um, south of Superior, there is Pat- Patterson State Park. Uh, there are a couple of waterfalls, including Big Manitou Falls, which is a 165-foot waterfall, which is pretty big. And kind of surprising, because in that area of Wisconsin, it's really just sort of flat. <laughs> it's just kind of a big, broad, flat area. So how can you get a waterfall that big? Well, there's there's some gorge there, and it falls through that. And there's all sorts of interesting geology of... Where various forms of different kinds of rock are, I don't know. It's not not my scientific gifting. Sorry. Um, so we we went to Patterson State Park, where there are a couple falls, um, Big Manitou Falls, and wait for it, Little Manitou Falls. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was um, we left there and went to Amnicon State Park, um, which is on the Amnicon River. Imagine that. Uh, also, more waterfalls. And again, not like Niagara Falls. I mean, Big Manitou Falls with its 165-foot drop is about as big as it gets. And that's a, that's from a creek. I mean, it's it's not a big, wide river. Um, but really kind of pretty. And, and when I was the girl's age, I remember going to wayside rest stops in Wisconsin with the hand pump to get well water. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I remember growing up with. So that was... That was really fun to be able to take them back to that. Uh, well, then I decided, well, we're so close. Why don't we head north? It literally is like the same highway. It's like you know, little county roads, like three miles north, uh, to an old windmill that uh, is on Highway 13, which is the highway that uh, heads up along the shore that's uh, east of Superior. Uh, and it was a, a grain-grinding windmill. Which apparently was designed based on a coffee pot. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, they, they say that's where the the original founding builder guy got the inspiration for the stable windmill design. So that's always kind of nice to say, yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know how impressed the girls were with that. But then I kind of figured, well, since we're here, and since we're already about a third of the way there, let's go over to Cornucopia. And since I was driving, I got to make the call, and I wasn't overruled, so off we went. Okay, when we got back from Duluth, and Ruth and I were, were sitting around in conversation, her summary was, you know, going back to Cornucopia kind of messed you up. And that was a pretty profound summary, so just heads up that it has taken me this long, because this was like at least a couple weeks ago, to sort of emotionally process through this. And there was nothing, nothing wrong, nothing bad. So it's strange, because you head out on the highway, and most of what I remember is still there in, in various forms of disuse or decay. Um, there's a uh, there's a block building, concrete block building, like a Clover, Cloverton, Cloverdale, Clover, Clover something, um, town garage. And every every time we've gone back, it's been in worse and worse shape. And now you go, and it's there, and the walls caved in. So it's still there. It just 
caved in. Oh, weird. So the first thing you hit after you uh, drive through lots and lots of trees. It's, it's flat and you have trees. It's pretty much it. And then occasionally it's hilly with trees. That's got kind of the extent of your your scenery there. There's some pine. There's some aspen. The occasional birch. I think the maple. It was we were driving through on June 9th or 10th, and the maple trees were budding. So it almost looked like fall because the buds that were coming out were 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 like not a green, but almost like a maroon color. Kind of strange to be that far into spring or early summer, and you get up in that lake climate, and it's still. Still, still winter up there, and you know, coming into fall. So you get into to Port Wayne. Now, all of these towns uh, grew up around some sort of crossroads, and so there's a there's a you know a, a crossroads there at Port Wayne, and there were always two churches. Well, now uh, one of them is an art gallery, and the one next to it is a pottery shop that's. Uh, that's for sale. I don't know if they still have any gallery hours open at the pottery gallery there or not, but um, that's you know closed for sale, whatever, may or may not sell stuff. Um, the art gallery on the north side of the road is supposedly open, but it's only open Saturdays and Sundays. We went out, it was a Monday at about 3 o'clock by the time we hit Cornucopia. So the churches are gone in Port Wing, and you have a closed art gallery and a closed pottery shop. Uh, then Herbster is the next village out. Greenhouse is closed um, and gone. It just that's just gone. Um, I don't remember if the little uh, superette there was was still there or not. Um, God bless Herbster, but there really never was much of anything in Herbster anyway. So it's it, it's even less than before. And then we hit Cornucopia. Um, and everything in the marina, and again, it's not really a, it's just, it's just a fact. This isn't like an, oh, woe is me. It's, you know, everything was closed. And we're after Memorial Day. I mean, the kind of the summer season in Minnesota is Memorial Day to Labor Day, that kind of thing. Well, we're after Memorial Day. But, um, there were a couple signs up in Marina saying that, that they were going to open for the season like June 28th. Uh, the gift shop that I clerked in was closed, and it's for sale. Um, I'm not even sure about the art gallery next to it. It was closed. Um, there's another little store there. Not even, they, they used to be the, the weaving shop. I'm not really even sure what they are anymore. And then the store at the end of the, uh, the harbor collection there was closed and for sale. So heading into downtown, Marnie Eller's house on the corner has a big sign, um, for sale bank owned. And as an aside, uh, dabbling a little bit in real estate as I do, I bank owned is not an enticement for me. This does not scream, oh, I get a good deal. This screams, oh, I would have months and months and months of paperwork ahead of me for what should be a pretty basic sale. So that's not really very um, encouraging. So we get downtown. Eller's store, which is no longer owned by the Eller's family, um, closes from October to April. So they were open because it was after April, but they closed for the winter, which if you were living up there year-round, I would think would be really, really awkward. Directly across the street from Eller's store uh, is 
a, uh, a tavern bar called Fish Lips now. That is closed, empty, bank-owned, for sale. Down the street, actually, between there and the marina, there is a coffee shop that uh, that was built new um, a few years ago. That's closed. The gas station's closed. There was another store downtown that didn't have any signs or anything on it, so I don't know what it even was. But whatever it was or is, it's closed. Yeah. So we drove down the uh, the, the road, like a mile-long gravel road, it's actually, it's almost like Duluth, except there is no lift bridge at the end. It's kind of like the sand spit sort of thing. And there's a there's a creek behind it, so that flows out, and that's why the road doesn't go through, because you've got a creek at the end. Um, so you drive down to the, the dead end, which is where our house was, and then you come back out. Almost nobody there. Um, somebody was actually at our old house, so uh, that's good that there's a sign of life there. But most of those houses, um, I mean, some of them... Still all overgrown, no signs of life at all, which strikes me as odd. I mean, it's lakefront property. You'd think that if you're going to spend the money for it, you'd want to kind of, you know, live it. But um, I don't know if the people will be up later in the in the season. But again, like mid-June is not that early in the season. So it was... It was the, the only... The, the intriguing thing... So Cornucopia has a harbor, and the harbor has two piers jutting out into the lake, and then one of them kind of takes a little angle with some... They built some odd circular things on it, because when they originally built it, the, apparently the story is the Army Corps of Engineers didn't really listen to the locals that said, well, here's here's where the prevailing winds are, and you're going to have to do this to protect it. And like, no, 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 we know better. We, we have our charts and our slide rules, and like the first year, the, the winter waves came in and tore the harbor all apart, and so they came back in and added on an extension. But it, the piers are made with sheet piling, which kind of looks like corrugated metal like you'd have on, on a roof, except it's huge. It's like, you know, half-inch thick, you know, metal, um, and, and each corrugation is like a foot across, and they drive these sections into the, the bottom of the lake, and then they pour in rock and concrete and stuff. Well, it used to be that if you wanted to, I, I think I was out there twice and all the time I lived there, you could kind of scramble across the huge boulders that were piled in and eventually get to the concrete, you know, the flat concrete at the end. Well, what they did now, frankly, it's really cool, is they, they put um, small rocks on top of the boulders and then smaller rocks on top of that and then gravel, and they've sort of graveled out a path. So you can just walk right up to it. There's a sign that says, you know, it's a navigational thing and don't damage it. It's a federal crime and be super careful. But you can just do a little gravel path and you walk right out there. So, drinking water. Um... So we did that. That's really cool. They put, they bolted a couple benches down out on the pier. So that was kind of fun to be able to take girls out and say, okay, be super careful. Stay away from the edge. But yeah, let's walk out here. And nice view. So that's new. And that's it. And um, I am honestly not sure. I never say never. And maybe I'll feel differently in three or four or five years. But I'm not sure I'm ever going to go back. Because 
the the town that I remember growing up in is gone. And it's not just different like, well, people change and whatever, and you know, your friends grow up and that'll happen, but nothing replaced it. So it's not quite you know erased from the map, but it's pretty close. And unlike some people that say, yeah, I went back to my hometown and wow, it's really grown up and now there's a Walmart in the field that we used to play in and stuff. This is sort of the opposite. <laughs> that uh, other than the, you know, the basic natural elements that can't go away because you know, God put them there and God will take them away if, if he so chooses. But otherwise the Sisquit Falls is going to stay put. You know, it's okay, fine. So yeah, that's there. But but everything else is 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 gone. And what I realized, and I don't think I've been in in a I don't think I've been in a really you know traumatically messed up. Oh, I have you know I've I've done so many wrong things. I have to make up for them. No, but something I'm going to guard against is I have to remember that I've got to focus on making new memories for my kids in their childhood and not reliving my memories from my childhood because my memories from my childhood were great they were great but my children's memories from their childhood are not going to come from my childhood they will come from their own childhood <laughs> okay got that so it's um i think i think i might just put cornucopia to bed and say it was it was it was good. It was a good time, and things change. And um, I might just leave that there. And I remember, um, and I didn't. It's it seemed that things. So I'll close with this. I think I've talked before. If not, let me know. I can I can bring it back up again. That I had written a uh, history booklet about cornucopia back when I was about 16 or so. Uh, Dad had been up there on sabbatical doing some research, and the local Chamber of Commerce folks, such as they are, it's like you know two or three people back then, um, but at least it existed. Um, said, "Hey, you know, can you can you turn it into a booklet?" and I thought, wow, it sounds like a great idea. And Dad said, well, then you do it. Here's all my research. Go for it. And I needed something for the back page of that. And I, thanks to Mom's insight, I looked at a book of poetry from the 1930s uh, in Minnesota. But, hey, Minnesota, Cornucopia, Wisconsin, whatever, it's, it's, all, it's all good, right? No one would know the difference. So technically, they were Minnesota poets. Uh, but Mom said there was some st- good stuff in there. So I read through that, and I came across a poem by Lillian Requam Sandberg. You can Google her as much as you want, but you're not going to find any uh, information on her, other than a reference to this Minnesota poetry book. I kind of wonder whatever whatever happened to that. Um, and she had a poem. It wasn't, uh, wasn't titled anything in particular, at least not that I know of. But I put this on the back cover of that, and it was appropriate in... 1990, and 23 years later, I think it's even um, an even 
more appropriate poem. She'd written, In solitude I tread the bush-grown knoll, where once a home smiled through each sparkling pane. Deep in my heart the bells of sorrow toll for days and scenes that cannot live again. And yet a sudden flash of memory transforms the sadness into ecstasy. And I've had that poem in my head, um, memorized, to, to, yes, that's just, you know, hey, what was that poem? Well, I can recite it to you. And what was strange was everything about that poem applied, except for the ecstasy part. <laughs> a sudden flash of memory transforms the sadness into ecstasy. And what Ruth observed in me, and, and what she quite rightly defined as being a little bit messed up in the head, is there wasn't that closure. It was... To, to be walking through... Some, something of a ghost town. It's sort of that not quite corpse-like feeling. It's like being with the coma victim or something. Because um, it's still there, and the stores are still there, and they haven't been bulldozed, and they say they're going to open. And it was a sunny day, and yeah. so it's still kind of there. But for me, the sudden flash of memory transformed the sadness into kind of an odd emptiness. I don't know. So I will close this episode the same way I close all my episodes, which is you know inviting inviting you to, to give me some feedback. Um, uh, frankly, I don't expect much on this one. I'd love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be proud and impressed if you call in with feedback on this one. But it does take some emotional bandwidth to process through these kinds of memory things. So I, I, uh, I don't really. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that some of you will say yes. I can, I can relate to that, Eric. But uh, I, I, I won't take it personally if you don't. But feel free to call two zero six three three nine. 3742 and let me know if you've got any similar uh, memory type experiences um, any of that the the, the the reliving or unliving the childhood uh, I'd like to know um, stories stories shape people and I'd, I'd like to know yours so uh, give me a call 206-339-3742 also known as 206-339 Eric, E-R-I-C. Let me know what you think. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.